Welcome to the C3 Church Watson Podcast. Our vision is to connect you to Jesus, develop you as a follower of Christ, and empower you to build the church. We hope you are blessed by this week's message. We've got this, um, we're doing a Joy for All the People series in the lead up to our Joy for All the People Christmas celebration. So for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about Joy for All the People because um, God's fun, God's not a party pooper, and um, it's for everybody. Uh, the, the invitation's open. It's a, there's a story about, you know, a big banquet table. Just invite everyone you can. We can squeeze some more people in up the back there. You know, come, everybody, everybody, come, come. You know, it's, a, it's for all the people, and it's a joyous occasion. The fact that Jesus came is joyful. It brings joy to the world, to the planet, to every person you know. So it's going to be a great series. And um, I'm kicking us off with week one. And I've called it... I'm waiting till the title comes up on the screen because I'm a little confused. Root system. Root system. You know, uh, trees have a structure underneath them of roots. Um, and without that, uh, they don't do very well. Uh, you'll find out what I'm talking about right now when I read from Matthew chapter 13. So starting at verse 3, it says, Jesus is talking in parables again. A farmer went out to sow his seed. Uh, as he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown. Then there's a bit of a discussion about, Jesus, why are you always talking in parables? And then he says, all right, I'll tell you what the parable means. And we continue, verse 19. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom, everyone say the message about the kingdom. Great. And does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The one who received the seed that fell on rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he has no root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke it, making it unfruitful. Good news at the end, though. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop, 160 or 30 times what was sown. So in my Bible, the heading of this whole section is not the parable of the seeds. It's not the parable of the seeds. It's called the parable of the sower. Jesus does not start with, here's let's talk about the seed. He starts with, a farmer went out to sow some seed. It's a story about us. We're the farmer. It's a story about the sower. And it's supposed to help us and enable us to be good sowers, uh, smart sowers, figure it out. There's something going on here. I'm trying to communicate something to you about how to do it well. Um, So we've all got our seed. What's your seed? What's your seed? Something to think about. Jesus says, when anyone hears the message of the kingdom. So the message of the kingdom is the seed. 
but it takes all sorts of different shapes and sizes. The way that you explain the message of the kingdom is very different to how I do. And that's great. The more diversity, the better. Because there are, there are multiple ways to get the message across. Um, have you ever had the experience of trying to share your faith with someone you know for years on end? No apparent progress, no interest, no, no response. And then someone else you know shares with them about their faith one time. One time ever. And they have an epiphany and receive Christ. And you go, what was that? What am I, chopped liver? I'm your friend. I've been sharing with you for years. Have you ever had that experience? I've had that experience. And I go, that's fine. That's why we need the body, the diversity, and the variation that is present in this room is really important. I can't, it could not be worse outcome if we were all the same. We cannot afford that. We've got to have unity while we've got diversity. And this is one of the ways that it, that it comes into play is that I need you in my life to be able to explain your faith differently to how I explain mine. So I know what my seed is. What's your seed? My seed is like this counter-offensive message that God's in a good mood, actually. That he's not the eternal killjoy up there with a big hammer trying to smack everybody down if they dare to have any fun. Believe it or not, that's a message that's out there. And mine, part of my seed is a counteroffensive against that. No, God's in a good mood. He likes you a lot. He likes me too. It's all good. He doesn't want to wreck your fun. He wants to release you to have some fun. He wants anything that's holding you tightly and holding you back and oppressing you. He wants to just take it off you. So life's free and different and feels better like wide open spaces and stuff. So that's part of my seed. And the other part of it is it's about relationship, not a set of rules. And because I'm a really relational person, that's really natural for me. Like to talk that way about my faith just kind of flows out of me because it's who I am. I'm being really, you know, the integrity's there. It's, it's just being aligned with what I'm like. Um, so that might not be how you share your faith. It'll be more aligned with who you are and how you roll Um, but whatever it is something to think about what's your seed what's your sort of the neat fit way for you to here's the message of the kingdom in a nutshell if anyone asks and the bible says if people ask we should probably be ready with some sort of an answer you know just the 30 second version not you know well i'm glad you asked take a seat because we could be here a while three hours later Gosh, I'm sorry I asked. No, no, just, you know, like, in a nutshell, this is what my faith's about. What's yours? What's your seed? Yeah. The first type of unsuccessful seed that doesn't bring any crop at all is the explanation of our faith that people just don't get. The penny doesn't drop. I don't know what we're talking about. Jesus explains that that's seed sown on the path. The message has got to be relatable for other people. Um, It won't work. Jesus talks in practical, real-life illustrations. He's walking past a field of wheat and he goes, oh, it's it's like seed because they're all farmers. Oh, it's like um, a jar of oil. It's like a man who buys a field. It's like the way a man acts with his servant. He's always scoping out the scene to figure out what's a practical illustration that you'll be able to grab a hold of and go, oh, I get it. I get what you're trying to explain to me. In teaching land, we call this a hook, where, you know, the, the, the student 
is able to identify with something that's like, that's attached to what the, the new information we're trying to get across. And if you don't have that, and you're a professional teacher, I encourage you strongly <laughs> to get it. <laughs> because, boy, life's hard when you don't have that. And obviously, some of the content of the Australian curriculum is much harder to find any hook with than other parts of it, which are really easy and, yeah, good. Engagement, engagement. Um, yeah, that's the way Jesus did it. And that's the way I do it when I'm trying to be relevant about it. So I don't throw seed on the path. I talky-talky, I talked at you, you didn't get anything. Okay, I feel I've discharged my duty as a Christian because I have been giving the gospel. Well, you've been giving something, but, you know, you're just throwing it all over the path. So, yeah, it's, it's about figuring out how you could be effective. Um, so I always try and make a, a correlation between my relationship with God and relationships that normal people might have. So if I know them and they, I think they get along with their father really, really well, I might say it's like a father-son or father-daughter relationship. And they go, oh, for me, that's what my faith is like. It's like the way you relate with your dad. If they don't get along great with their dad, I might say an uncle or a mentor or a, a good mate or, you know, I'll, I'll try to find some relationship equivalent to say it's like that in these ways. It's a little bit different in just these ways, like obviously your uncle's not the creator of the universe, but, you know, it's similar. It's similar enough that it'll work if I try to help you. Um, and heaps of illustrations and stories of, you saw my daughter on the screen before. Um, that's right, I'm married to that woman right there. 23 years, come on. Um, and how I relate to my kids gives heaps of illustrations about how God relates to us. He wants the best things for us. He's always promoting our best success. He's, you know, there's just, it just goes on and on. The, the, the sort of stuff you can talk about, about your faith, that's just illustrated by those relationships. Um, the other day, I'm writing on the whiteboard in class with my back to the class, and I hear this conversation begin. Someone says, quite loudly in the room, so who was the first person and how were they made? And someone else responds, oh, it was Adam and God made them. And I'm thinking, this is interesting for a public school. I wonder if these kind of conversations happen in everybody's classroom. Anyway, I just let it roll. And then, you know, someone said, oh, well, I don't even believe in God. And then blah, blah. It went back and forth a couple of times. And then, and then this particular student in my class arrived at this end point. He said, well, I think I believe in heaven, but I don't necessarily believe in God. And I, at this point, I had turned around from the whiteboard and I went, well, you may just want to rethink that because that doesn't make sense. And everyone else went, yeah, that doesn't make sense. <laughs> we just left it there. And we just moved on with the rest of the content of the lesson. But sometimes sharing your faith and throwing some seed out is not giving a big lecture. It's just challenging a misconception. It's just going, well, I'm not so sure about that. Not just letting it roll past you as an assumed thing, but going, no, no, actually, I don't think that. I think God's in a good mood. And just leave it at that. Short sentence. And can be seed that gets thrown out. But yeah, it would definitely it'd be help if people understand what I mean when I'm explaining my faith. Um, Jesus goes on to talk about the seed that fell on rocky places. So this is the shallow soil thing. When trouble comes, this person will quickly fall away because they have no root. The other day, did some weeding in my backyard 
and we've got a good, good layer of mulch on this particular place. Some leaves have fallen on it during autumn and some other dust and dirt in that. So it's just this tiny little thin layer of nothingness, really light. I grabbed a weed and went, whoa, oh, that's awesome. Woohoo! yeah, yeah. And they were just coming up roots and all so easily out of this tiny layer. I was going, wow, good gust of wind could have done the weeding for me. That's, that's what mulch is for, by the way. But anyway, um, <laughs> uh, the original, this, this book was not originally written in English, right? So the, the story that we're reading was originally written in Aramaic and Greek and translated into English. But the original Greek word for that root, they fall away because they have no root, actually means uh, family origin, actually means genetics. So since they have no family connection, since they have no genetic code, since they have not formed a strong relational bond, it's easy for them to fall away from the faith as soon as trouble comes. Do you know that it's possible to talk kind of at arm's length about your faith to a friend, intellectually and you know, philosophically, for decades with no effect? I know, because I've done it. Decades. Oh, I want to talk to you about faith. Oh, okay. Let's compare it to this other religion. Let's compare it to this other one. Okay. You know, 14 hours of conversation later, you're in no different position to when you began. That's great. I enjoy that. Bit of debate, bit of discussion that's leading nowhere. You know, I, when I've got spare time, I quite enjoy that. A couple of times a year, maybe. But I've reached a point now where I always try to clarify why somebody's asking something. You know, uh, are you interested in a philosophical debate or, or do you want... Is, is something stirring inside you because the Holy Spirit of God is drawing you and you're becoming curious in a way that you never thought you would. You're becoming aware of some sort of gap or something missing that you didn't know about before. And now, when you come to me and ask me, it's got a different edge to it. I, I always try to make sure I, I'm on the right track because, frankly, I don't have four hours for a conversation. Often. Often. Um... There's a guy in Jemima's uh, year at school, and the other day he said to her, so let's just say a psycho killer repents at the last second and then dies. What happens? And she says, well, I don't know everything, but I know some things, and I know for sure he would be forgiven. Slate wiped clean for everything, absolutely, which would probably mean he would end up in heaven but somehow he would also be judged and he went well what's that supposed to mean how's that work well I don't know because I haven't died yet and I'm not a psycho killer but I might turn into one if you keep asking me those stupid questions she didn't say any of that I'm just making that up that's just all acting but she did say um, I guess he would end up in heaven but he would also be judged which is awesome complex theology in very simple terms um so he's just being argumentative he he's just playing games he's just teasing her almost um why are people asking you know can be a good thing to sort of clarify uh the root system there that what the bible's referring to is is being born again being born we're born again christians because we got born when we came out of our mother's womb but later in our life sometime we also got born 
again in our spirit. It was a birth. A new DNA structure got established between us and God. We became part of a different family. Um, and we, we're getting to know God personally. It's like a relationship where he gets to know us, we get to know him. He, we realize he's always around. He's always interested in what we're doing. He's just a heartbeat away. If we just turn and ask him something, he wants to talk to us. He wants to listen to us. When we want to get something off our chest, he's always available. He's faithful. He'll never let us down. And we, and we become part of this family here where we've got, the Bible calls you my brother in Christ, my sister in Christ. We've got brothers and sisters in this big, messy, adopted family here. And it's awesome. Not, I'm messy, you're not, just, sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean, I just meant it's, you know, just messy like a normal family, you know. Sometimes you say things and then you have to apologise, whatever, it's all good. We're just a family. We become a spiritual family. Someone who hears the word and understands it and then acts on it to receive Jesus Christ and is born into the kingdom is the seed that falls on good soil. There's a birth that happens. And you may notice that we make sure we do that at our church. We give opportunity for that birth to occur. So there's a root system that gets established. Not just, well, you've heard some nice words, now go away and think about that. But let's take action to form the connection. Um, my other daughter, Emily, Supergirl, <coughs> has also got a friend who asks her about her faith, but in a totally different way. She's just really curious and she really wants to know. So what's it like? Is it like chapel at school? Mm, no. <laughs> um, you know, what's different about it? How does it work? What do you do? And so, you know, Emily just in, in good faith, that's an interesting expression, just in good faith, just tries her hardest to answer all the questions as they come up. And it's just an ongoing conversation because they're doing life together. And that's fantastic. And the biggest difference between chapel and what we do is mostly around, there's no guilt tripping and there's no obligation. People just want to be here. Why do they sing? Because they want to. Why do they worship? Because they want to. Why do they read their Bible? Because they want to. You know, And that, that's a bit hard to wrap your head around when you're in a school where it's, you know, everybody goes to chapel and even people who are bored out of their brain just sit there through it. So it's a, you know, it's a different paradigm, but we'll get there. My advice is this, become an astute observer of people. Be a discerning scatterer of seed. Um, some believers I've talked to over the years get very discouraged in this kind of sharing their faith business because um, it seems like they just keep throwing seed out there and nothing happens. And they go, well, does this even work? I'm not even sure. They don't. What they want is what I want, and that is to see someone else's life transformed by God the way mine has been. I just go, I'm on a good thing here. Something amazing has happened in my life. I want that for you too. So that's... That's all that they're trying to achieve. It's just kind of pass it on. Um, and it doesn't happen. And they don't sort of get a crop. If you spend all your time and energy genuinely sharing your faith from your heart with someone who's just being argumentative, it could be that you're throwing all your seed onto rocky ground. If all your personal reaching out and evangelism and sharing your faith is telling people things they don't understand. Well, maybe you need to stop talking in old King James Bible language and talk real English so that people can get it or find some relatable things, some hooks to help you and the Holy Spirit will help you with that. Goodness, will he ever. 
You know, if you just say, I just don't know how to get through to that person, he will drop an idea in your mind and you'll go, oh, that's a great thing to talk about. That's a great illustration. That's a great lead into the conversation or whatever. He loves that when you turn to him and ask him. Because otherwise, if they don't get it, you're just throwing all your seed on the path. And the last unsuccessful seed is the one where people around us have lives that are just so full of busyness. You know, they're busy at work and after work, they're even busier. I play in 14 different competitive sports comps. I've got fun runs on Sundays. I've got, I play in a band. And you just like, whoa, dude, do you ever sleep? Far out. And there's also the, the concerns of, you know, when am I going to get that next promotion and how long will it be till I own my own home? And, you know, it's just frantically busy. And these are the weeds or the thorns. If someone's life's too busy for you to even get together with them for a cup of tea, well, probably sharing your faith with them will be like throwing seed into thorns. I've got a friend just like this. Went to the gym with him for years. And um, I've invited him to the Christmas party of our church five times in five separate years. In between all those invites, I've also invited him to every men's conference that we've had. I've told him about other events as well. Um, and sometimes, as we've travelled through the years, I've known him maybe nearly 10 years, um, he's been a bit curious and he's asked me a question sometimes and I've kind of gone, oh, I've got to be really faithful in this moment and, and just done my best to give him a good answer and, and wait till he's curious the next time. Um, he's not opposed to anything I say. He's quite open. He's just too busy. Like I, he, he just thinks, as long as I don't have to do anything about it, you know, fit in 30 minutes of anything into my already crammed schedule, I'm good. So obviously he's not ready, but, you know, in a Sunday service, we pray for people we know who don't know Christ. And every Sunday I pray for him by name. 50 times, not counting holidays, about 50 times a year in Sunday service, I pray for that guy. I'm not going to tell you his name, but I pray for him. I name him. And one day, you're all going to meet him, right after he meets Jesus. Here's the final point. Ask the Holy Spirit to lead you, show you more under the surface. What's really going on for this person? Some friends surprise you. I had a friend once and I figured out, he's so strongly opposed to my faith, he's in my too hard basket. You're never, you're never going to hear you're never going to be interested you're never going to want to know and I plopped him in my too hard basket and left him you know we knew we had an agree to disagree thing and we were still able to be friends but we just kind of had this you know sometimes a bit of a joke about how differently we saw so many issues Um, one day I found out he'd become a Christian and seriously I said what just happened that's impossible. And it really rocked me. It really shook the way I thought about everything. I went, who am I to judge where someone's at and try to say, I categorize you, I categorize you. I don't know everything. But also, someone can be rocky ground now, but be really good soil next year when you bump into them again. 
because things change and seasons come and go in people's lives and, and things shift around. And God is committed to drawing and calling every person you know. And he will never quit. He will never give up. He hasn't got any such thing as a too hard basket. He is patient. He is persistent like you wouldn't believe. And he will not stop. So I guess the short version of that is never write people off. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our church, find us online at c3churchwatson.com.au. We hope to see you in church again this weekend.